0: here. What's up, Elevation? Y'all doing all right? Yes, that was weaker. Are y'all doing all right? Sweet. Hey, before I do anything, can we give it up for our pastor, Pastor Amir? This guy's incredible. Yeah, yeah. If y'all only saw what goes on behind closed doors, not like in a weird way or anything like that, but y'all, y'all, he does a lot for this ministry. He's always thinking about you guys. He loves you so much. That's all I hear about, which is a good thing. Uh, but man, I'm so honored to be here tonight. I'm gonna get a little drink. My throat's been crusty this week. I'm sorry. It's been crusty. It's the truth. Awesome. Well, my name is Seth Tomboli. Um, I'm from Jacksonville, Arkansas. I moved here about four and a half, five years ago. Um, and uh, yes, uh, the Jacks- Jacksonville is in the hood. Um, I have some some hood roots in me. Okay, so if you see that tonight, you know where it's from. Uh, but I moved here to Conway. Uh, played a little bit of baseball at CBC. Graduated from CBC. And uh, now I'm living here in Conway and I'm working for a nonprofit here in Conway and working a little bit with Amir. And I, I love this. So, hey, before I go any further, uh, I asked Justin Free, he's, a, he's our media guy, he does uh, a lot of the production stuff, to pick three random pictures and throw them on, on the screen. So I literally have no idea what he's going to put up. We're just going to go for it. Let's see, what he, let's see what he does. Okay, well, hey, this is back when selfies were cool. I'm pretty sure that I put that on timer. <laughs> I, I did not know that picture was coming up. Uh, my biceps could use some work. Hey, whoa, thank you. Man, that's a mix between a gorilla and a Hawaiian man. I don't know what's going on. That's great, that's great. What's next? Okay, that's good. Yes, this is so, yes, man. That, oh, yes, yeah. Y'all, that's my fiance. If you haven't met her, her name is Kendra Meisner. She's sitting over here. She's absolutely incredible. She said yes. The ring got stuck in my pocket, but three minutes later, it got out. It was super awkward, but that's my personality, if you know me. Uh, Man, I'm so excited to be able to speak to you all tonight. Um, We are in the Christian Atheist series, and if you wonder what that is, I was kind of wondering what it was as well. Uh, Christian Atheist is is someone who says that they are a Christian or says that they believe in God, uh, but they live as if he doesn't exist. So basically, I make my own rules. My, the scripture I read is going to be what I want to read. You know, I'm going to make it up as I go. A Christian atheist is someone who says that they are a Christian, but they live as if God does not exist. And, and last week, Pastor Amir talked about what it looks like to be a lukewarm Christian. And, and that hit home with me because I've been struggling in some of those areas that he mentioned. And, and one of those has been getting in the word in, in my prayer life. But, uh, man, God is so faithful, and he can, he can redeem that stuff back. Uh, so tonight we are in part two. And, and the idea that we're going to talk about tonight is the fact that, man, we got to get out of the boat, okay? Some of you have read the passage about Peter. we got to get out of the boat. Everybody say, get out the boat. Out the boat. Say it with a little bit of swag. Get out, get out the boat. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all are country. It's okay. Um, but, man, I'm going to talk about uh, the, the, the idea that, that we can have belief in God, but he's more concerned about our trust and our faith. Because even the demons believed is what it says in Scripture, and, and he's more concerned about our trust, And more concerned about the size of our faith and so this new job that i got y'all i can tell you stories for days okay i'm in i'm in like six or seven different public schools uh some of them are in little rock um i got cussed out more times last week than i have in my entire life okay so what i do is i go into the schools and uh, i teach these kids how to say no to all the things they want to say yes to you name it we're talking about it sex drugs Alcohol, you, everything you think of, I'm standing in front of a class. It's usually like a science class or a health class. And I'm trying to convince these people to make healthy decisions, okay, and abstinence. So uh, pray for me after you leave tonight because it gets, it gets kind of interesting. But, y'all, you know, there's this kid that sits in uh, second row, second class, one of my schools, and, and, and he stares at me. Here's the thing. I have a, a short fuse when it comes to kids, like, testing my patients, but he does this. It's like... And it would be different if he didn't move his head, but he moves it and he doesn't blink. <sighs> it's weird, okay. There's one more kid, uh, and, and, and he happens to, to pick his nose in class every time that I go in there, and I'm, I'm 100% positive last week he hit me with one of those things, okay? Because <laughs> I saw he was doing this, and I know he was, I don't know what was going on, but if he does it again, I'm flicking one back. That's all I gotta say, right? <laughs> I'm gonna get him, I'm gonna teach him a lesson. So, uh, but man, y'all, the statistics show that seven Out of every 10 students in these schools are without a father figure at home. That's a crazy number, and and that's enough to keep me in the workplace of my job, what I'm doing. And and I truly believe that, and you've heard me say this before, I'm sure, but, man, if if you do something that you love, you will never work a day of your life. And when I wake up, sometimes I'm like, man, I hope I don't get by a booger today, but, man, I love going there because kids' lives are being changed, and it's not by me, but it's God living inside of me. And it is such a, such a cool thing. So when you hear uh, the word trust, what comes to mind? What's some things that come to mind? Y'all can talk. It's okay. You can talk in church. What are some things that come to mind? Somebody said care bears. That's weird. <laughs> That's weird. Anybody? Anybody? Nobody? Trust? What comes to, huh? Relationships. Relationships. Okay. Somebody say, lean on me when you're not strong. Anybody? I'll be your friend. Yes. Y'all sound awful. Please stop. That's bad. But y'all, when I thought about trust, I thought about one thing, and that's trust falls. Okay, I don't know if you know what a trust fall is, uh, but I went through this, like, phase of life where we would do this thing where we'd walk up, we'd clap twice, and then we'd fall on people, okay? And if you haven't seen this, I I asked the media to to get uh, a video. I want you to see what this is like. Y'all throw that video up there so they can check it out. I'm scared, Dad. Do you trust me, son? Yes. Come on, son. Rule number one, never trust anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if y'all would bring out the ladder, can I uh, get a volunteer, please? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so y'all, tonight we're going to talk about trusting God with our entire life. But before we do that, I want y'all to join me in prayer real quick. God, thank you for today. God, thank you for your grace. God, your mercy, the fact that it goes on and on, it will never end. God, the fact that you relentlessly pursue us. In the midst of our sin and darkness, the things that we deal with, struggle with, God, you chase after us. God, you sent your son to die for us, and that's why I'm standing up here tonight to proclaim that message. God, I pray that, that this message resonates in our heart, God, that we can give you our disbelief and that we can have faith and full trust in you, God. We love you. We thank you for your grace. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I don't know about y'all, man, but I, I, tr- I put my trust in some pretty weird stuff growing up, okay? So one of those things is a car. Um, I had a crusty car growing up. Um, it was a green Honda Accord. It was 2000, and uh, it ran like it was in, made in the 50s, okay? And there was no oil changes, nothing. It was like in my car I had a sticky note. <laughs> On this sticky note it said, Pray. And I remember I took it into the car lot, and the guy was, I was doing the trade-in and stuff. He's like, oh, that's, that's awesome. You believe in God? You pray? I was like, no, no, no. That's how my car starts. Like, you pray when you get in this thing or it ain't starting. He was like, seriously? I said, yes. We didn't really have good luck selling it. But we put our trust in crazy things. What about cell phones? Okay, everybody in here got a cell phone? Okay, everybody's looking at me? We, y'all, one hour without my phone, I'm freaking out. One hour, Okay. I can't check social media. I can't check the text. You know, we start getting all paranoid, you know, that world's coming to an end. When you lose your phone, it's on a whole nother level, right? Okay? Or your wallet, your keys. We put our trust in these these crazy things. Some of us put our trust in clothes. And and we let what we wear or what we don't, you need to wear clothes. Um, It covers up a lot of stuff. So, um, okay, here we go. Uh, We put our trust in stuff that is just crazy. But me growing up, I was like six or seven. Y'all, nobody has heard this story okay so this is new for even my closest friends my mom felt like it was a it was a requirement to tell kendra when she came home and it was really embarrassing because she's never done that ever um so what what i have sitting up here is a walmart sack as you see this isn't an accident it's supposed to be here um and growing up i remember mom coming home from the grocery store and she would she would walk in with the groceries you know you got to carry all them things in at once right if you're making two trips you you really need to evaluate yourself um but she comes in with all the groceries, set them out. You know, she's putting them, she's putting them up, and <laughs> I remember watching her, and I had, like, this weird thing growing up to where, like, I, I liked, like, soft stuff. Okay, I, I'm being really vulnerable right now. Okay, bear with me. Please don't tweet this. Um, but I remember she would unload the groceries, and I would go up to these Walmart bags, and I would tear off these tabs just like this. Okay? It was, like, almost like hoarder status. Okay? And I had thousands of these things. Okay? These. Weird, right? I know. So what's in this jar up here, this is only 50 of them, okay? And this thing's packed full, okay? And I pulled them off just for tonight, so God bless you. Um, let me, let me, let me uh, try to get this off. Here we go. And this is what I would do. Mom would unload the groceries. I would pull these things off all the bags. I would do it when she wasn't looking, because it's, it's weird, right? And then I would go into my room, and I would put them in every nook and cranny I could find. In the corners of our house, there's like these little pyramids of these things, and so she helped me remember that I did that when Kendra came home. I know it's weird, y'all. I promise you it has something to do with trust. But what I would do is weep. Mom would say, hey, Seth, we're about to leave. Come on. I would run back to my room, and I would start getting these things. And I was like, oh, <laughs> seven years old, you know, it's hard. times are hard. Okay, don't judge me. Only God can judge me. Okay, so we would put these things, in, I would put them in my pocket. And everywhere we would go in the car, that would be like literally falling out of my pocket. I know this is the weirdest thing. But what I would do is when I would get nervous or scared, I would pull one out. I would pull one out, and I would rub it in between my index finger and my thumb like this. if you've never done this, I encourage you to do so. It's very, very soothing. (laughs) But then I would stick my right thumb in my mouth. (laughs) And I would suck my thumb like there was no tomorrow. But this is what I want you to get from that. As I was thinking of this story, I thought about just telling it to make y'all laugh, but in all reality, we do this with God. Not suck our thumbs, okay? <laughs> but we do this with God. We have these little bitty things that we just decide that we have to carry around with us. And no matter what, whenever we get stressed out, whenever we're nervous, or whenever something doesn't go our way, we pull it out, and then you probably don't suck your thumb, but you focus on it. Maybe it's, maybe it's distrust, and maybe your earthly father or somebody that's done you wrong. Maybe, maybe it's the, the fact that you compare yourself to other people. Maybe, maybe you look at stuff you're not supposed to be looking at. Whatever it is, man, we carry this stuff around with us, right? Because God's got bigger things to worry about, so he didn't want to deal with these little things that I carry with me. And so the idea that what we're going to talk about tonight is, man, that stuff prevents you from trusting God fully. Because when you hold on to that stuff, you're saying, God, I got this. I don't need you. Hey, actually, God, the cross, the, Jesus, the cross wasn't enough. I can hold on to this stuff that you died for, Right? And then we, we just continue to hold on to this stuff, and we never truly let it go. So I'm going I'm to ask a volunteer, Sean, will you stand up and take this? Seriously, just take it from me, okay? No, take it. No, really, take it, please. Take it. Take it from me. Okay, I want it back. <laughs> um, we do this with God. We say, hey, God, I want you to take this thing from me, but I'm still going to hold on to it, right? That way, whenever we're having that bad day, we can go, and we can go back to that thing that sets us back into that place. And we just can't seem to get out of it. So that's kind of the idea that I want y'all to focus on tonight. Um, And I want you to identify that thing that that we're gonna talk about, that thing that's keeping you from trusting God fully. The stuff that you're carrying, y'all, you were never intended to carry. That's what the cross was all about. That's what the gospel of Jesus Christ was all about. And I'm here to tell you tonight, y'all, I don't have this stuff under control. Man, I I still struggle with my faith. I still struggle. I, I don't have everything together. But God is faithful, and he will never let you down. He will never fail you. And I promise you, if you just, just for 20 minutes tonight focus in on the fact that we have stuff, that we need to give back to him. And I just want to identify that tonight. So if, you, if you're taking notes, man, I want you to write down this. Get off the boat. Get off the boat. Many of you hear of these miraculous stories in Scripture. And if you read the Gospels, uh, which are about, you know, these guys that are walking around with Jesus and they really just saw the life of Jesus and they wrote about it. Man, there's some crazy stuff that happens. And so if you ever read it, it makes the stuff going on in your life look very tedious, okay? Just to let you know. So there's this guy, uh, before I get there, Peter. He's in this boat. The rest of the disciples are in this boat with him, and Jesus walks across the water. Y'all have heard this before. And and basically, he calls him out into the water. and, And yes, you've heard the story. Peter steps out. I'm sure when he touched the water, he got super nervous and was freaking out. And then when he touched the water, he started walking. Okay, I got this. The wind and the waves were hitting him. I got this. I got this. A little bit of disbelief and he started sinking. But we do this with our faith with God. He's saying, step out and trust me just a little bit. Trust me in this. On the boat. So y'all, obedience, I want you to write this down. Obedience plus faith is miracle territory. Obedience plus faith is miracle territory. You can have all the faith in the world, but if you aren't being obedient with what he puts in your heart, ain't nothing going to happen. Because faith without actions, without works is dead, is what it says in Scripture. So if you have your Bibles, man, I would love for you to open up to Mark 9, verse 21 through 24. I'm going to read this passage to you. Hello. So, Jesus and his disciples are walking through these villages and they're casting out these, these demons and these people and they're healing people. And, and he has just commissioned them to do the works of the service and he's, they're praying for people. People are coming to know God. A lot of awesome stuff is happening. So, Jesus says, Hey, bring this boy to me. And it was this boy that they couldn't heal. So, here it goes. He says, Bring the boy to me. Verse 20. So they brought him. And when the Spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell on the ground. And rolled around. Okay, I'm I'm pretty sure this was a pretty creepy sight. Okay, just imagine Sims. He fell on the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Some of my students do this. And verse 21, I'm just kidding. Verse 21, Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire and water to kill him. And then this guy goes on to say, But if you can, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, so this is Jesus saying, hey, if, if you can, do you not understand you're talking to the one that spoke this earth into existence but took enough time to make you with his hands? He's a God that's so big but he's in reach of us. Reached down into the dominion of darkness and he saved us is what scripture says. He pulled us out of deep waters. I'm sure that Jesus is like, what is this guy talking about? Does he not know what is about to happen? And then it goes on, it says, everything, everybody say Everything. Everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And that's been my prayer for y'all this week and my prayer for myself, because this has been rocking me too, is that God would help us overcome our unbelief. Because when there's unbelief in there, it's hard to focus on what God actually wants you to do. And I love it in Scripture because, because God, the way he arranged Scripture, he allows me to believe in him But then he allows me to trust in him to help me in the areas in which I don't. So the areas where I'm having a really hard time, he allows me to trust in him to get get me through it. And the areas that I read in Scripture that I understand, man, he allows us upon conversion in Scripture. It talks about upon conversion you receive the Holy Spirit. And that way, man, you can interpret the Scripture. You can read that stuff and actually understand what's going on. So if you've got your notes, I want you to write this down. I do not fully trust God with, and I want you to make a blank. I do not fully trust God with and make a blank. And this is that thing that you can't trust God with. The thing that you say that you trust God with, but you refuse to let go of. It's that thing that you're holding so tightly, your knuckles are turning white. Okay, I'm trying to get you a picture. It's like you're holding on to this thing, and it's like, God, I want you to take this from me, like Sean tried to do earlier, but I'm not going to let go of it. I'm going to keep putting it back in my pocket. Everywhere I go. I'm gonna carry it with me. And we were never intended to carry it. What is that thing that you can't trust God with? I want you to focus. That blank is gonna be filled by the end of tonight. Maybe for you, it's Friday nights. I know that was my problem in college. God, I trust you with Wednesday night when we had elevation. I'm gonna give you an hour on the weekend at Sunday, but Friday nights is me time. I'm living it up. I'm gonna party. I'm gonna do what I want. It's not about you on Fridays. That was one thing in college I had a hard time. It was money. What about money? Money is a leading cause of divorce. Divorce rate right now is one out of every two are getting divorced. That's not very good going into marriage, I can tell you that. Y'all, th- these things we can't let go of are destroying people. What about an addiction? And you just think about addiction because I've had one before. And, and the thing about an addiction is, is when you are addicted, you are in denial. When you are addicted, you're in denial and you're actually telling everyone around you, no, 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 that thing doesn't have hold on me. Well, the thing about an addiction is if you're addicted to it, like you, you can't let go of it. It's got a hold on you. And the thing with money is it's connected to your heart, man, and God God wants your heart. These are things that that we can't let go. Maybe it's fear and anxiety. I I don't know what it is for you, but I want you to fill that in tonight. Write it down, call it out, and we're going to speak against it. So whatever it is that you choose to carry, man, you may refuse to release it back to God. That is, It's going to stay super simple tonight. The idea of releasing what he wants from you. The thing that you're refusing to let go of, he wants to take it back tonight. He wants it back. We want God to take the struggle away, but we refuse to release it back to him. And we ask God to to, to heal us, but we won't let go of the thing that's damaging us. Maybe it's an unhealthy relationship. Maybe it's unforgiveness. I don't know what it is, but I'm gonna ask you to just take it into consideration tonight and write it down and go to God with it. All throughout scripture, y'all, God talks about the fact that he wants all of your heart He wants all of your trust. He wants all of your love. He wants all of this stuff. So in Proverbs, y'all, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. It's in the PSV version. I want you to, to maybe if they could throw it up on the screens, the PSV version. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart and lean on your own understanding. In some ways, you can submit to him and you can make your own path straight. So that sounds kind of fishy, right? The PSV version is actually the partially surrendered version. That's that's the Christian atheist that walks around. And it says, hey, you know, that's the scripture we live by, but we're afraid to accept it. I know this is punchy tonight, but, I mean, this is what the, the word of God says. This, what I just read, is not the word of God. This is what we make it out to be when we say, God, I don't trust you. I'm going to read it again. Hey, God, I trust you with some of my heart. I lean on my, on my own understanding. In some of my ways, I'm going to submit to you. But hey, I can make my own path straight. So you know what? I'll come back to you on Wednesday and on Sunday, and we can worship you then. And we do this with God. This is the partially surrendered lifestyle. And I just want to speak against that tonight because I don't think God wants us to live that way. So if you have your notes, I want you to write this down. Number one, you have to fully know him. To fully trust him, you have to fully know him to fully trust him. And I was thinking about this, you know, like I trust people until they burn me, right? I don't like physically burn me, that'd be weird, but like I trust people until they like burn the bridge. And I, you know, and I, I try to extend more trust to them. Um, but man, just think about this you walk up to a stranger on the street, hey, hold my keys. I'm, I'm gonna run into here and get a coffee real quick, okay? Just hold my keys. That's not gonna happen, right? Uh, maybe, maybe you've got a meeting with somebody. Hey, I need you to watch after my little sibling. Some of y'all probably leave your sibling with a stranger. Some of y'all probably want to. You're not gonna do that because why? You, do not, you don't trust them with things that are important in your life. And so for me, I, I may leave my little brother with a, with a stranger, I don't know, because he, uh, he does some sketchy stuff sometimes. Um, but y'all, God, God wants a relationship with us. He wants a relationship with us. He wants you to know him on an intimate level. The beautiful thing is that God is not waiting for you to chase after him. He's been relentlessly pursuing you. You just got to admit it and say yes. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 actually sounds like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. And I want you to write this down. Honesty is the beginning to deliverance. Honesty is the beginning to deliverance. If you want to let go of something, you got to get honest with yourself. And then after that, you got to get honest with God. And if you really want to set yourself up for success, surround yourself with people that you can be honest with as well. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. Y'all, we go to God with these prayers. I do this, okay? I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers at y'all. I do this. Hey, God, will you bless this food to the nerves from my body? Amen. Hey, God, will you help us get here safely? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus, thank you. Hey, God, can, can, can we just, uh, man, I just pray that people just come to know you tonight. Amen. Hey, what about the prayer where we say, hey, God, I desperately need you today because I'm about to punch somebody in the face. Hey, God, I really, really need you because I can't seem to put that thing down that I keep picking up. I can't, I can't set down this addiction. God, I can't get rid of this pride that's in me. I need your help. What about those prayers? The thing is, is you're not really being honest with God. You're just telling him what he already knows. He's just ready for you to admit it and confess it. It says in scripture, me and me Amir and always talk about this. Hey, when God says in scripture, hey, when you confess your sins to him, you are forgiven. When you confess your sins to your brothers and sisters in Christ, you're healed. So he can forgive you all day long and he's fully capable of healing you, but he wants you to tell the people around you as well. So honesty is the beginning of deliverance. Next thing, vulnerability with God produces intimacy with him. Vulnerability with God produces intimacy with him. Think of any intimate relationship you have in your life. You got to talk to him. Any intimate relationship in your life, you got to know something about them. The way to do that is get in his word. Go to him in prayer. Surround yourself with people that will encourage you to do that. God wants us to trust him. He wants us to trust him. He wants our full life. This is the thing, and I do this with God. Before we fully put our trust in God, we have a tendency to ask God to prove himself first, right? We do this thing where we're like, hey God, I'll do this if you do this. And there's, there's these strings attached. That hey God, if you prove yourself in this, then I'll do this. But faith doesn't work that way. My whole life I thought it has been, and I've always asked these things from God. Hey God, if, if, if you know, I'm, I'm gonna read off of a couple of examples before I get too crazy. Hey God, if you help me pass this test, then I will. Okay, we've all said that one before. Some of y'all may have said it today, I don't know. God bless you. God, if, if, if you could just not let her be pregnant. Okay, yeah, we're getting there. Hey, if, if you could just not let her be pregnant this time because, God, I promise you I'll never do it again. Hey, God, I promise you I'll put down that joint if you just let me get out of this trouble. God, I'll never pick up another beer can in my life if you can just let me get out of this and show up to class. And, do. and we have these things that we just go to God with and, hey, if you do this, then I will do this. He says, no, no, no. I want you to do this so that I will do this. And this is, what, this is a promise from God. God wants us to trust him so that he can prove himself. But we so often want God to prove himself before we trust him. We have to put our trust in God. Number two, step over the fear and step out in faith. And man, if you wanna get out of the boat like Peter did and step out in faith, you gotta do this. You gotta step directly over that fear. I'm not talking about the fear of God because we're gonna talk about that next week you got to step over that fear and that anxiety of failure because you will never know what your full capacity is until you fail anyways. Man, you got to step over the fear and step out in faith. Just like Peter stepping off of the boat, man, what do you all think he was feeling? It probably looked a lot like this. The water he touched it, he's like, oh, you know, oh, my gosh. I got this. What do you all think the guys on the boat were saying? They're probably like, dude, you're an idiot. Right? I mean, these these guys are just as messed up as he is. They're looking at him, probably probably insulting him. It's the same thing with our lives, y'all. But if one of y'all walk on water, I want to see it. Okay, so send me a text. I'd like to come check it out. We got to step over our fear and step out in faith is what he's asking us to do. Hebrews 13, 5, it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Here's the thing. When you step out in faith, this will happen, I can promise you, because I've lived it. You will get to know the goodness of God. I want you to write this down. Get to know the goodness of God. You will get to know the love of God. And you will get to know the faithfulness of God. And anyone that has been walking with Christ for at least a week, you know all of those things. You know every single one of them. You get to know the goodness of God, the forgiveness. You get to know the love. And you get to know the faithfulness of God. So here's a fun fact. I'm white. Okay, I know that surprises some of you. Okay, I'm white. Uh, next fun fact, we're going to do three of them. Next one is number two, I can't jump. Okay, so y'all, we're, y'all tracking with me? Okay, am I moving too too fast? Okay. Um, and the third thing is, on my first date, my, my fiance beat me at basketball twice. Okay, so put all those together. I don't play basketball is basically what I'm telling you. So I want to talk to y'all about an animal, and, and Craig Groeschel put it so well. There's this animal, it's called the African Impala. Okay, that's not a car. <laughs> There's an, it's an animal. And here's the thing. This thing can jump 10 foot in the air, and it can jump 30 foot long. Pretty crazy, right? Some athletes are getting jealous in the room. I know I am. 10 foot in the air. This thing's jumping over trees and other animals. I, you don't believe me, go look at it. And look up a springbok as well. They're, they're pretty crazy. <laughs> they like, I can't do what they do, but it's, it's so cool. <laughs> it's, I, I really want to do it, but I can't. I can, just can't. They can jump 10 foot in the air, 30 foot long. And at full speed, they can jump even farther. But in any zoo, they can be kept within a three-foot fence. A three-foot fence that stands, you know, about Yehah, it keeps them enclosed. Why do y'all think that is? Because it is in the instincts of that animal that it will not jump unless it knows where its feet are going to land. It, will, it refuses to jump unless it can see where it's going to land, and we do this with God. And what's crazy is this is usually the things that God is asking us to do most. Hey, I want you to step out here. No, God, I'm not doing that because I don't know what's going to happen. you I don't know where I would be right now if I said no to the job, man. I don't know what would be happening to these kids if I said no to it. Man, step out in faith tonight. That thing you wrote at the beginning, man, I ask that you give it to God. This thing is not jumping unless it can see where it feet, its feet land, and we do it with God, y'all. And I'm just telling you that I'm, I'm not saying that you do it. I'm telling you that I do. I do it on a daily basis and God has been wrecking me these past couple weeks preparing for this because I struggle still giving everything fully to God. Proverbs 37, verse 23 and 24, it says, "'The Lord makes, makes firm the steps of the one "'who delights in him. "'Though he may stumble, he will not fall.'" Everybody repeat that after me, he will not fall. Hey, you're going to stumble, you may mess up, but if you are in relationship with Jesus Christ, he says here, right? this is a promise, you will not fall. It's not, hey, God, you're going to catch me when I fall. I know we've heard that before. That's, this scripture says the complete opposite. You may stumble a little bit, but he says, hey, I'm holding your hand. You're not going to fall. And it goes on in that passage, it says, though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. We have a God that cares enough about us that he reaches down and helps us. We have a God that cares enough about us that he sent his son. And this is what we live by. This is the faith, and you've probably heard this before, Hebrews 11, one. Now faith is is confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. Basically he's saying, hey, you don't have to see it to believe it. This isn't Ripley's Believe It or Not. I love that show growing up. It's not, faith is not that. He said, man, read the word if you need to see some of faith. The biggest things I've ever seen in life are in the scriptures. Man, God can do some crazy stuff. Step out of the boat. Everything in life, my, my, my good friend Andy told me last night, he said, dude, everything in life is right outside of your comfort zone. Everything you want to do in life is right outside your comfort zone. Y'all, there's people in this room right now that are one step from a breakthrough. And you have given up on God and you, you literally said, I'm just going to show up tonight, man, and That weird dude on stage, if he says something I don't like, I'm going to walk out. Nobody's walked out, so that's good. (laughs) You may be one step away from experiencing Jesus Christ in your life and his grace and what he has to offer you. And, y'all, I'm going to be real. And, and y'all, I've had a really hard week. It's been very, very difficult, and I honestly didn't even plan on sharing all of this. I've had an awful week. And it's in the midst of those awful weeks where you have to choose joy and choose that, hey, God, I trust you. I trust you, even though, man, stuff is hard. The first big step of faith I've ever taken in my entire life was attending the stand retreat. This was about four years ago. I went. It's a a weekend retreat. It's coming up. I encourage you, if you have no intentions of going, get your butt there. And if it's money that's keeping you, man, come find us and we will help you. But I showed up to this retreat and I experienced the grace of Jesus Christ for the first time. And I decided that weekend, I'm going to put my faith in him as Lord and Savior. And I walked away from that weekend different. My life has never looked the same. And when I got in the car, at the end of that weekend, I got a phone call. And I'll never forget this phone call. I got this phone call, and it was my uncle. And those of you that know some stuff about me, you know that, man, my family life is not that good growing up. Man, there was some stuff that happened to me as a kid that I'm not very proud of. A very abusive relationship with my father I watched him abuse my mom and and my brother and and the the verbal and mental abuse and physical stuff that happened I can't wrap my hands around but God had it under control so I get in the car and and my phone's ringing and I see who it is and you know when you you look at the phone and you know that something's about to happen you just got that gut feeling Maybe you see that text. Well, I answered. It was Uncle Randy. He said, what's up, Seth? I said, not much, man. I I just made this big decision. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to trust him with my life. And I started telling him all this stuff. He said, this is perfect timing. I was like, oh, boy. He said, Seth, your dad just got out of prison. And for those of you that don't know, my dad was in prison basically my whole life. Your dad just got out of prison, and, and I want you and your brother to be there. He's gonna be at the bus station tomorrow. And so basically what God was showing me was, hey, you put your faith in me, you trust in your heavenly father, I need you to forgive your earthly father. And I told myself if I ever see my dad again, I'm gonna make sure that he never walks right. I'm gonna make sure that he knows who's the bigger man now. But God had different plans. So we showed up to this bus station and and I tell this in the schools and these kids have so much anger built up inside of them. Man, what's that thing you got to give to God tonight? He wants to take it from you. We were in the bus station, and the first bus pulled up, and and no one got off that I recognized. And then then this guy got off the bus, and and he was walking kind of weird, and he looks a lot different. And somebody that goes to prison for 10 or more years, man, they look different when they get out. But when he was walking by, it was almost as if he didn't even recognize his sons. And it was in that moment where I had to search my heart And say, you know what, I trust God. You know what, my faith is bigger than this, this opinion or this pride that I have tucked away in my heart. And I went, I wrapped my arms around my father and I said, dad, you will never do anything that will separate my love for you. I forgive you, I'm sorry I never wrote back. And so people that know me, I've told the story about Well, I never saw my dad. You've heard that story, some of you have heard the story. I never saw my dad, I didn't see him for 10 years. No, no, here's the truth, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I'm gonna be very vulnerable with you. My dad was released from prison three or four different times. And I would never tell any of my friends because I always talked about never forgiving him and never trusting him. But there's something about an earthly father that we just try to lean on and we need him. Every time he got out of prison, he let me down. Every time he got out of prison, he made promises that he broke. And I always told God, God, I'm never going to put my trust in you because you're going to treat me the same way. And I'm telling you that God wants a relationship with you. God wants to find you right now. God God wants to meet you where you're at tonight. God has been wrecking me this week because Tuesday night I got a phone call. My dad's been out of prison and clean for four years. I got a phone call and my dad was arrested again. And I was at the house and I had to make a decision. I have to trust God or I can go back to these ways where I was living for myself. And so I got in my car, And we drove to to Sherwood, and I met my dad, he he was on bond, and just so you know, he's about to be locked up for a while. And I looked him in his face, and and he said, son, I don't know what to say to you. And I said, dad, you don't have to say anything. And so to fast forward the story a little bit, man, I talked to him, I forgave him, I hugged him, and I have never been approached by my father before, and him initiate hugging me. And there's something about the embrace of a father that you will never forget. And I'm telling you that God, our Heavenly Father, wants to embrace you the same way. Some of you are one step away from a breakthrough, get out of the boat. I double-dogged it, get out of the boat. Because I left Sherwood, drove home this morning, and, and I, not this morning, then the other morning, I woke up, I had a text from my father. And he told me that is the first time I have experienced the gospel. Except it was reversed. The son was coming to the father. And I'm trying to tell you that God wants you to say yes to him. God wants you to put your trust. You may have distrust in your earthly father, but I promise you, God can be trusted. Your dad may have let you down. Your mom may have let you down. But God will always show up and show out. He may have broken a promise to you. God is actually the promise maker and keeper. You may have not been loved growing up. God is love. Give it back to him tonight.